You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello and welcome back to the Pullbox Podcast. This is episode number 36 and I am your host, Curtis Finley. I'm your other host, Michael Cohen. Uh, we're talking about first, second books all month uh, because it's their 10th anniversary. And if you missed our first two episodes, we talked about The Nameless City by Faith Aaron Hicks and The Fall of the House of West by J.T. Petty. Um, David Rubin and from the mind of Paul Pope and this in this episode we're going to be talking about Delilah Dirk and the King's Shilling by Tony Cliff which uh, we talked about the first ep- uh, the first Delilah Burk- Ooh, uh, sorry I've, I'm just I can't talk in this episode here <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. talked about the first Delilah Dirk book in a previous episode maybe a year yeah. ago or so when it when it came out yeah um, and uh, we really enjoyed that so we're it, anxious to get into this second volume as well so this is yeah. your pick for the month right it is my pick for the month uh yeah we really enjoyed volume one of delilah dirk and on top of that i think we also really enjoyed tony so oh, yeah he was a guest star in one yeah. of our episodes so um, you can go so, back and listen to that yeah so i think it, you know it's it's really easy to uh to pick books when uh people that you like are putting out new books <laughs> yeah and it just kind of happened that that it made sense to do I, I, a themed month uh, with First Second uh, because of their anniversary and because Delilah Dirk was coming out. And we were really lucky to get uh, that advanced copy of The Nameless City, which yep. kind of nicely rounded things out. But really, like the thing that, they, that inspired this idea was Delilah Dirk and the King Shilling coming out. Because yeah. since reading Delilah Dirk, uh, I've been waiting for this. Mm-hmm. And I uh, and 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 I enjoyed it. I it, it's it's a good story. Um, it, you know, it's it's a longer story than the first Delilah Dirk. Yes, well, twice the size. Yeah, and um, I for my money, I think maybe it's a little bit it's a little bit hampered by the fact that it is so much longer. Um, I I, I think that the first book kind of gets to the point a little bit faster. Um, with this one, it's a lot of, um, well, the first, there's one is, a lot of going around and around. The but. first one is different because it's just, it's like three short stories yeah. all in one. That's true. Um, so the flow of that book is completely different yeah, than this one, true. which is one huge epic, yeah. um, a yeah. very Wait. convoluted plot with, uh, twists and lots of moving parts, lots of moving parts um, and then his history as well. Yeah. Backstory. Yeah. And, and I think. I think I, I, I'm just going to get the stuff that, that, that I didn't like as much out of the way so, so we, that we can get into the stuff that we do like. Okay. But the first Delilah Dirk was a lot more fantastical. Um, there was a flying boat and, and it right. was a lot yeah. more swashbuckly. Um, a lot of this book was taking those things away. And that, that was really like one of the things of like, that was one of the, 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 conflicts within this book and then on top of that it did one of the things that i really really dislike 
And this is this is just a personal thing. It's totally subjective, and some people might like these types of stories. But I really hate it when you take a pair and you break them up. And <laughs> uh, and and I feel like there was an element of that with with uh, Delilah and Salim uh, uh, in right. this book. Well, that was a plot point as well. It caused yeah. t- tension. Exactly, and to me, it it I I understand it. Like it 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 is a good storytelling device it is a good trope but for me i just don't enjoy those types of stories i like to see my heroes getting along and you know we're in a we're in a really rough era for that right now with batman v (laughs) superman and civil war coming out but i i i like it when especially pulp heroes are are heroic and um there's a lot of conflict in in this book that is inner conflict as opposed to the previous book, which was all sort of them solving problems and being heroes. It starts off really nicely with with uh, their story in Portugal and I, I you know sort of saving the day and I, I setting things up, but then um, this this French British conflict sort of forces Delilah to go back to to her home. Um, and that's the source of all of the frustrations, right? right. I, I, she gets there, and it turns out that, that she's sort of been lying the whole time. She sort of comes from an aristocratic family. Yeah, um, she is not Delilah Dirk. Nope. Uh, she's, uh, what, what's her actual name? Alexandria. Yeah, Alexandra. Alexandra uh, Nichols. Nichols, yeah. And um, it's almost it almost feels like she's Delilah Dirk to escape the life that she came from. Totally. Oh yeah. And sure. uh, and and that's an interesting story. But I think I probably would have been a little bit happier with it if Salim were along for the ride, as opposed to being sidelined for a lot of the book. Yeah. Um, and uh, it does work in terms like the story is told well, and that's why I say like it's it's good. It's just not what I enjoy. So, um, because it's it works really really well. Because by the end of the book, when his frustrations come out, my frustrations were coming out as well, and I was right there with Salim, where I was like, Delilah, you're supposed to be the hero in this book. It's your name on the on the marquee, yeah. And you're and you're being kind of obnoxious right now. But it's kind um, of a trademark, though, being it obnoxious. Is, it is. It is. Yeah. And I think so. I think they say that something like three years passed between the last book and this yeah, book. Yeah. So I think that for our sake, the reader, who yeah. we were not along for the ride for those three years, and in yeah. the last book they had just gotten together as a pair and went yeah. off on their adventure, we need that that division yeah. to find out how much they actually do care about each other. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, think, I think this really needed to be book three. And we needed another couple of adventures in between, okay. right? And if that were the case, I think maybe I would be a little bit more okay with it because at that point it would be something new, was, as opposed yeah. to going from an the established, I uh, I uh, sort of um, premise of the of Delilah Dirk, yeah. into a book that subverts that premise. Well, yeah, and I think. The shock of her not being Delilah Dirk would have also been even greater if it yeah. would have been a third book. So if we had, yeah. we find out her, uh, about her and her world yeah. in the first book, 
we get a solid sense of her and her journey and yeah. the relationship between them. And then all of a sudden in the third book, everything's turned upside down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I but, but this... in Tony's defense, yeah. I, I think he's been living with this character for a really long time. True. So for him, it was time. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I there's understand other content. That. There's stuff on his website that aren't in the books that we yes, can, you can go true. read. There are other stories that you can go check out. So maybe we should we should have checked out those first or something. <laughs> maybe. Um, but uh, I thought that the book to... Because um, I mentioned the first one was short story. So we know that Tony's really good at his short stories. To find out that he's also actually really good at crafting yeah. big, long story arcs is really good to see here. Cause With he, some but, mystery and intrigue. Yeah, mystery and there's problems and detective work. And like yeah. there is, he, he's got it all in this book. He did yeah. a great job of telling this story. And I'm happy that it was a double length. Because it for this to be told, it needed to be double length. Mm. Um, I don't think he would have been able to, to boil it down to a short That's story fair. or even That's fair. the the length of the first book. Yeah, there's never any point. There's never any point where where you're kind of like, why is this even in here? Every part of the story that's there is there for a reason. Yeah, um, it it all serves the purpose of moving moving the story forward. So, yeah. so. I also really like that he got that sense of like Pride and Prejudice era kind of yeah. storytelling in there as well, just with the the balls and the parties that that this um, demographic goes to and the gossip and everything. Like if you've seen, yeah. if you've read or watched um, Pride and Prejudice, like that's, he's got that kind of down as well. Mm. Um, it really works in this story, which we don't I'll get. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Crystal hasn't made me do watch uh, Pride I, and Prejudice yet. I don't think Crystal has, oh, really? has seen any Pride and Prejudice. Period stuff's not really her style. Oh, okay. But. Um, well, my wife made me watch it and yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So I'm, and it's, uh, it's helped me understand this world a little bit more too. Okay. So that it's, uh, that he did a good job. Of and this. see, context is everything. Yeah. So, so I think maybe if I had that context, um, I would maybe have seen some of that stuff a little bit more okay. and possibly enjoyed it a little bit more, <laughs> but I do like, I, I, I just, the whole time, the whole book, I'm just sitting here going, like, solve the mystery so we can get back to the adventure. Right. Um, and by the end of the book, the end of the book is adventure, and, and, and it, it definitely delivers towards the end. But I just, I really liked the sort of Indiana Jones adventure pulp yeah. aspect of the first book, and the, the those three adventures that were in it. So I I'm just kind of... I'm ready to get back there, and uh, which I'm sure he'll do in the third yeah, book. Like yeah. they'll be back on track. Um, the, the just the whole story, the political stuff that's going on. Uh, yeah. I guess the I don't know if the revolution or something like that. The yeah, French versus the English. Um, it was a, that was a good story as well, just with the the subterfuge and and everything that was going on with that. Yeah, that sergeant or the um, the major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, no. The story is is really well crafted, um, and I, I, the the. I mean, I learned a lot reading this book because I. It's not really an era that I'm familiar with, okay. so um, you know, sort of reading through it, it, there was a lot of stuff that I was like, oh, that's this is really interesting. Like the 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 setting um, is really interesting. I. And the one of the things about the first book, I think, because it took place in sort of all of these foreign places, it it 
it didn't have the specific content. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one was much more like a specific period. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so like that kind of, I think when you are in that specific period and I think the afterword by Tony, uh, sort of speaks to this, he had to spend a lot more time establishing things and putting stuff in context. Which I think is why he took out the flying boat. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So the, the, I think when you have to, uh, when you have to work within that constraint, your, um, the fantastical elements have to take a backseat to it. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously like there's an aspect of Delilah's character that she left, she left Britain for this reason, because it is just all pomp and circumstance. Yeah. And that's not what she wants. And, and, and it's alluded to a lot. Um, and we don't really, we don't have the full story yet because we don't really know who her father is. And, uh, I'm I'm kind of hoping that in the third book that we get that sort of oh, illuminated sure. we'll a little probably bit. Probably figured out. The thing I thought was really interesting was that the uncle she yeah. meets up with her uncle in this, and he's known the whole time that he's, she's Delilah Dirk. It, 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 if if I can if I can go back to the Indiana Jones analogy a little bit, he's kind of like the um, the the oh my god, it just fell out of my head. This is horrible. Um, his his uh, Brody. Uh, at the university Mm -hmm. who is the one who like tracks down the leads and then says to Indy the cross of Coronado is here go after it and retrieve it for the for the museum right for the university um and I and I think that that was sort of like he's the one who's kind of like he sent her to Portugal I think yeah yeah yeah. so he's like and, and they've been they've been keeping in touch via correspondence yeah and he's the one sort of feeding her with like your services could be used mm-hmm. here. Yeah, I this think this would that be a good place to go next. The next, the next book may give us even a history even further back. Yeah, because this one gave us history about De- Delilah Dirk, her just her past. But then yeah. the next book, I think, will dive like how did she actually get into this business yeah. that she's doing? Like, what is her father involved yeah. in that or not? I would, I would love to see a, a non-linear story that jumps back and forth between a present day story yeah. that is connected to something that her and her father did right. when she was younger. That yeah. that yeah. that alludes to the history. It's like Arrow storytelling, don't you? I, I mean, yeah, that is very much like Arrow. But uh, but it also uh, again with the Indiana Jones thing, uh, that's the third story, right? Is like right. you learn about his father and yeah. you start that with with uh, one of Indy's first adventures and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I would love to see that same sort of storytelling idea used with Delilah Dirk and and to to uh, to explore her backstory. Yeah. Because because um, we've heard a lot of things and we hear a lot of things, especially in this book. And I would like to see some of that stuff. I'd like to see who her father was and and how that informs her character because she is very much her father's daughter. It's it's clear. Yeah. Um. And that that it's sort of um. It's one of the things that her mother is worried about. But also one of the things that she loves the most about her daughter. So, um, yeah, it, it 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 is a really good book. It is really really good. And I just wanted to sort of like I had those couple of gripes that I wanted to get off my chest at the <laughs> beginning so that we could talk about everything else. Yeah, but, I um, yeah, I totally enjoyed it. 
Fun. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Really I did enjoy it, but it is it's long. It's it's it is it it did take a while to get. Yeah, through. I was actually surprised at how much dialogue there was yeah. in this because there are just um, sections that are are all conversation. Yeah. Um, I think because it pulls that pride and prejudice out. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, the first one we don't get it because a lot of it is just the swashbuckling. Yeah. So it's um it's a little bit of a swifter read the first volume and this one is more dense because it. It's more character building, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah. the thing that I find really interesting about both books, about book one and this book, is that Delilah's making enemies that are still out there. <laughs> right. right. Oh, yeah. And that was the best part. At the very end, because Major Merrick, Jason yeah. Merrick, he's alive. Yeah. But he, he's hated by the English and the French now. So he and he blamed it all on Delilah. What a great setup for yeah. for him to become a major adversary. Yeah, yeah. He, like she created a nemesis, yeah. like an arch nemesis in this. And Perfect. in the first book, she does the same thing because all three stories. The thing that connects them is the, um, oh, what was his name? No, I don't remember. It was like, no. it was like the the black something or other. I can't remember his name, but he was like he was sort of behind everything. Or, like, everything that she did was foiling one of his plans. Right. And so by the end of the book, you get the sense that, that that's going to be a real problem for her in the future. Let's see um, him team up in book three. <laughs> exactly, right? And that's, sort of, that's the thing that I'm saying, like, is like, oh, like, she's... She's putting together a rogues gallery. Yeah, and, and it's gonna and be she really doesn't even un- know it. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be really unfortunate when they all find each other and go like, "We got to put an end to Delilah Dirk yeah. because that's what happens to Batman." Yes, <laughs> right. Like he, oh, and Spider Man too. And Spider Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, yeah, you know, you you piss off enough people, eventually, eventually they all get wind of each other. Yeah, and then they join forces, and then you got a real problem. You need a symbiote suit in order to defeat them. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Uh, yeah, but. Along the way, I mean, as many people as Delilah Dirk uh, upsets, uh, she also makes that many allies. Right. So, yeah, she's got um, a good network. Yeah, but uh, but uh, let's talk about the art. Let's talk oh, about Tony's yeah. art for a while. Um, yeah, well, one of the, the things that I... I guess the thing that I loved about the first book is yeah. his art. Yeah. He is such a great cinematic storyteller. Yeah. Um, and it comes out in... Um, in his uh, his draftsmanship is just incredible, yeah. and uh, and the colors he does his own colors as well, and that really adds so much to it, um, and in and and the way he tells a story, like the the fact that this one starts off with a chase scene, yeah, um, is like that's such a movie thing to do, like that's yeah. how you bring people into a movie is start off with a bang and then pull it back and well, that's, find out that's what the like story an is, Indiana right? Jones trade. It is, it is. You start your story at the end of your last adventure, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it, it is, and it's one of my favorite storytelling tropes. Yeah. That for that, sure. that cold open. Yeah. Of of uh, of of something else has been going on because what it does is it grounds you in a world that exists when you're not there. Right. And and that makes it real. Right. Yep. Uh, and it they do it in Indiana Jones. Uh, the new Star Wars movie starts that way, uh, and and it it it's a it's a James Bond staple, um, which like there's 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 a James Bond sort of aspect in this as well because yep. there is sort of like a, well the going undercover in the party is totally yeah, a James Bond yeah. thing to and do. the fact that she is 
she's a she's kind of an expatriate but not really right because like she does kind of love where she comes from but she also loves adventure so she has to leave in order to in order to get that so so the homecoming aspect of it is very much like how often is james bond actually in the uk in his stories and more often than not, he's like flying to some other part of the world. Yeah, to, Russia. Yeah, or, or Japan, United, or, or even yeah. the outer space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, let's not talk about that. But I, uh, I, yeah, like it, it is very. Um, I, you could see a similar story to this where you've got a character like James Bond, uh, who like he if you know he has to go home, but undercover in order to because he's on the most wanted list right yeah. like it's sort of it's got that vibe to it and um the the stakes in this book are certainly much higher than they were in the first book because uh there's the aspect of uh she's trying to uh keep her reputation as delilah dirk yep. um and and what merrick has done by by basically making her wanted by the 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 british army uh is is the opposite of what she wants um and so she has to go back but she has to go back meanwhile like she has to go back to the country that she is wanted in undercover so that she can't so she isn't discovered and it it does it does keep that sense of intrigue at at a high level the whole time um except maybe when she's sitting in people's uh, parlors uh, having tea and biscuits but, right but uh yeah like the the and the climax of the story is is that much more heightened because of the circumstance um and i do love that that salim who is not accustomed to all of the the properness and all that sort of thing yeah. even though if you remember back to the first book like that's kind of what he comes from but it's, such a different type of but proper, a different yeah. type of ceremony so it's yeah. all very foreign to him yeah i love that uh like he hates british tea yeah yeah um, <laughs> her and uh, him and delilah yeah and uh i when he when he perceives the threat in the in the at the beginning of the climax of Merrick coming over to her. Yeah. And he runs and he gets the swords. <laughs> and in fact, like, he ends up causing more problem. But it's because, like, they are from this world of adventure. So his immediate response is, yeah. oh, no. What right. we feared is going to happen. Instead of, let's see how happen. this plays out. Yeah. He is also a bit of a worry wart. He's kind of a C-3PO right. type. So <laughs> I, I, he, I, he, he's going to see the worst. Yeah. I, I, but yeah, well, it, we stopped talking about the art all of a sudden. Oh, we did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we uh, there are a few things like Tony Cliff is just such so good with his with the world that he builds in. Not only it he, drives me nuts, it makes me so angry because he's <laughs> like you're not allowed to be this good at all of these things. His characters look great. His costume design is excellent. Mm-hmm. His his backgrounds are like they're, they're beautiful, so good, and his coloring. and his colors are are exactly what they need to be when they need to be. There. And that's like, not even touching on his storytelling and everything yeah. like that. Well, it's yeah. Just, and then he's just, writing it and his panel. Uh, I love his panel arrangements too, because he mad. plays with rules. Um, Cause so on page four, we have um, kind of three tiers of panels that stretch over the two pages, yeah. but you still have two pages of storytelling. The middle panel plays all the way through, but the, yeah. the panels on the top and the bottom play 
in their pages. They don't go yeah. across. Yeah. So he plays with that rule, and he does that further on too, except not as extreme because it's the the one that follows through is kind of at the top, and then the bottom two pages, yeah, um, are are still within their pages. Uh, so he plays with those rules a little bit, which um, uh, maybe you have to to think about a little bit. Yeah, anyway. yeah, it does it does require a little like you have to sort of scan the page in those instances. But that's okay in order to to follow the the action. But what works. you end up getting when you when you realize what he's done. Uh, especially on that you're talking about page four uh it's just the overlapping action it's yeah it's it's simultaneous action which is very hard to do in sequential yeah art right so he manages to do that to to basically have you intercut yeah um without without it being jarring it all kind of happens at once yeah and the he plays with the timeline of the page which is a really important thing when you're when you're making a comic to look at the pacing and how the page plays out. So uh, the the panel that goes through the middle is is in wide shots and it's it's uh, further away. Yep. Whereas the action and it's and it's sort of fewer panels. Um, but then the action in in the the that sort of surrounds it is more in the close-up it's yeah. more uh, uh specific action rather than general action and that that that's a very difficult thing to grasp um when you're doing your layouts when you're right. getting to your storytelling it takes a it takes a very clear vision to put that together yeah and i want to know if he had that clear vision or if he had yeah. to really work at that yeah, yeah um so that's yeah that's interesting um he I, I love the way he plays with sound effects in yeah. this book how they're like often they interact with the panel rather than just laid on top yeah um so there's on page 14 there they you see delilah and the young boy skidding around a corner and the, the sound effect is skid which is not the actual sound, sound yeah. but it's that's the sound effect and it's behind the characters like you can see that it um it's yeah it's like the boy is in it, front of it he has this really weird flirtation with cartooniness totally that like it's never it's never quite cartoony but there's another example of it like it the sound effect is hoist and it's it's Salim hoisting Delilah Dirk but that's yeah. not this you don't make any sound when you no, hoist. it doesn't make a sound but it's almost like that's very like Scott Pilgrim yeah it's like a yoink yeah exactly <laughs> but um but in this in this very grounded world, and that's where that's where uh, the fantastical stuff in volume one, I think, shines so brightly is when is when he does that, where it's yeah. like it's this it's this incredibly grounded world, and um, and Merrick is this very serious looking character, but then Delilah, her face is almost always cartoonish. Right, but it's not that she is, um, she's drawn in a different style. It's that that's part of her personality. Yeah, and and that's a that is a personality type, and I'm sure that everybody knows somebody who they picture as cartoonier than everybody else that they know, right? <laughs> right. And and like she, it's like the the fact that she never takes anything seriously, and and um, that she's always kind of flying by the seat of her pants, and. And all of that stuff is portrayed in the fact that she is in this self-serious world, but she is a cartoon character and she has cartoony expressions. Yeah. And Salim, the reason why they're a pair is because Salim is 
he tries to be serious. He tries to fit in with the world around him. But then Delilah brings this out in him. And, like, he, when he's interacting with other characters, he's he's on their level. Yes. And then Delilah will do something and he'll pull a face. <laughs> yeah. And he like he'll 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 get the 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 upside down like the frown yeah <laughs> like that that sort of look of consternation with her that uh, that he reserves for dealing with Delilah that uh, that that I just I love how it's like it's peppered in there like I said he flirts with it yeah it's not overt it's not all the time it's just sort of it comes out occasionally and so at page thirty three. I want to pull out this this whole page here because yeah. not a whole lot happens. It's just it's just um them um Delilah and the family that she's reunited sitting um just drinking tea or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's so much in here like you were talking about the cartoony faces. There's the three panels at the bottom where he uh where Delilah and the the woman have this exchange that's just facial expressions yeah. and it's they are cartoony facial expressions. Um but you go up a panel and you have this super realistic scene, just yeah. establishing shot of them sitting around the table. Everything is in perfect perspective and everything. Just like a ridiculously and, beautifully rendered shot. Yeah, and like the little yeah. details, like all of the curtains. One of them has like the, the curtains caught on, um, on, the banister, on the banister. Yeah. and Or one of them's rolled up. It's like there's, there's two things going on here. One is that we're establishing the real world. And the other yeah. is that we're not taking things seriously yeah. either. And it's yeah. just... And then above that, in the second panel on the top there, Delilah Dirk is leaning back in her chair... And you can feel the sense of weight that she's lifting off of herself by relaxing in this chair. Yeah. Like there is, there is no cartooniness about it. That is a real drawing right there. Yeah. Um. So holy cow, this guy can do a lot. <sighs> and so it makes me so mad, especially because we know him and he's a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it really bugs me when someone is this talented and also that nice. You would, you'd expect him to be a real jerk. So but, the, uh, the but best, it's not. the thing that I like the so most annoying. out of all of the yeah. art here is in his coloring. Yeah. And it starts on page 207 when it's nighttime and she's chasing Merrick across the yeah. city. And you can see the sun coming up in the middle panel on yep. page 207. And it takes 20 pages for the sun to rise. Yeah. And it's just rising slowly um for for a number of pages until finally like in the shadows play with it it's just yeah. amazing that he's got that sense of timing um in his mind as he's laying out these pages and coloring these pages and then the sun comes up um yeah. by the end of that the book there it's probably more than 20 pages but that is just fantastic yeah well it, wow it's yeah just great. it's it's almost like he plans the whole thing out <laughs> it's yeah. just you know you're really you're making the rest of us look bad that's yeah. that's really what it is it's so good know? so good artists like curtis and i that like we just kind of on a day we go <laughs> i guess i'll draw this <laughs> right well, um maybe yeah. if it were my full-time job yeah, uh, yeah that i would put more yeah effort into it no. or something but oh, man it's just i you can't keep up with it, it this is so good this yeah. book is fantastic yeah he is really i i do think he is one of the most talented artists um working in comics right now and and his storytelling is is great and uh, you know, he's doing, it's just, it's so original and it's, it's really his own thing. There's, there aren't any other comics out there right now. I think that are really doing what Delilah Dirk is doing with all the stuff yeah. that we've talked about, um, that it is fantastical. 
but historical and it's serious but yeah. silly it's it's realistic but cartoony like it's just there are so many contradictions in it um and and you you'd be really hard pressed to find anybody else um especially especially i think in the independent comics scene that's doing um the, the sort of the variety of things that he does in one book yeah but doing it so well i uh, i think i think a lot of artists and right out the bat like yeah. tony's first book is the first delilah dirk book yeah and it's fully formed like it's yeah. it's a finished masterpiece uh, and like he didn't have a, a chance to to show his stuff right it's it's not yeah it's not like he spent 10 years drawing spider-man yeah and the x-men and sort of like cutting his teeth on those no like you just come right out the gate with delilah dirk and it's kind of a tour de force and yeah he's got he has all of the arrows in his quiver and it's really really frustrating because <laughs> most artists have like four or five things that they're really good at and 15 that they have to work on. Right. Right. And, and here's an artist who has all of the things that, uh, that I think a lot of us wish that we had, Yeah. uh, that, uh, that aspire to this sort of thing. You know, he's yep. really, he's really telling his own story and he's telling it expertly. Yeah. You know, it's because there's also artists who do a great job. They're great guns for hire and they do an awesome job telling those Spider-Man and X-Men stories. And then they go off to do their own thing. And all of a sudden, you know, their true colors show. Yeah. You read the first few issues of battle chasers and it gets to issue seven and the story <laughs> just kind of stops. Um, cause yeah. Joe Matarera is an incredible artist, but his storytelling could use a little bit of polish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I'm saying. Like, like Tony, he's got, he has both ends of that. He's writing as well as anybody. And he's also drawing better than a lot. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and it's, it is just frustrating because he <laughs> is such a nice guy. Yeah. Um, I really hope that like he's he says bad things about people behind their backs and he's just really <laughs> he's just in the in the two times that I've interacted with him he's just been really nice to me in those two times right but uh, but then the second that I walk away from him at his booth he's turning to the guy these guys have this podcast and it's just terrible <laughs> I, I that would make me feel better okay so. well I don't want to know about that <laughs> no I don't want to know about it but it would anyways uh, yeah I, our, our podcast isn't terrible. That's a bad example. My mom says it's great. No, I'm just kidding. My mom's never listened to it. No. Huh. I don't even think my mom knows what a podcast is. Right. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Well, we look forward to book three, Tony. Don't let us down. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, and I'll tell him so. At, at, uh, I'm sure he'll be at VanCaf. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to be at VanCaf. Um, he's actually like he's in the middle of a tour. So if you're, if, if you like Delilah Dirk and you like go to his website and like, he's going to a bunch of different places yeah. to, to sort of like a book tour for the launch of this book. So, yeah. um, if you want to meet him, talk to him. And I sure uh, hope that movie companies are looking at this too, because yeah. you know, Indiana Jones five was just announced, but uh, I, I'd rather see it's Delilah. unnecessary. Let's yeah, get a Delilah Dirk movie series going. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah, for sure. For sure, Indiana Jones 5 does not need to happen. Yeah. But Delilah Dirk, the movie, does need to happen. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, who would you cast as Delilah Dirk? Oh, man. Uh, I don't... Daisy Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's she's apparently in talks to play Lara Croft uh, for the Tomb Raider reboot. So. Uh, I don't know about that. 
Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, she's already a major star in a science fiction franchise, and now she wants to be an adventure archaeologist. <laughs> who does that? Um, no, I, who, I can't take credit for that joke. But, uh, you know, um, Olivia Wilde. Yeah. I yeah, think that she could she could do it because she's really good at sort of like that fun playful stuff. But then when she needs to be serious, she's really good at that. Um, Scarlett Johansson is another one who I think would do a really good job with it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think it almost calls for an unknown. I think so uh, for somebody or from for somebody who's maybe been sort of supporting to uh, to take that step into the spotlight, but. Uh, yeah. yeah, actually, I think I see Daisy Ridley more of an Aurora West, if they were to make yeah. an Aurora yeah. West, rather than Delilah Dirk. The, Delilah Dirk is a little bit older, and I yeah. think that that's the thing. Yeah. I think that yeah, that's the thing. Too. Maybe in a few years. but uh, And you know what? It takes that long for these things to get done, so <laughs> right. you're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, cool. Well, that's Delilah Dirk and the King Shilling. Yeah. Um, in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Pretty big nutshell. But. What are we talking about next month? Uh, next month. Uh, well, my poll is uh, Archie Volume One, uh, the new relaunch by Archie Comics, uh, written by Mark Wade, drawn by Fiona Staples. Uh, Two powerhouses there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll see so, how they do with yeah. lame old Archie. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so uh, Archie by way of the CW. Uh, uh, so I'm excited to read that. I've been I've been really looking forward to it, and it just came out in trade paperback. So now is the time. Yeah. And we've all watched uh, Jessica Jones on Netflix, but you have have you read the original comics that they're based off of? Mm. I don't know. I have when they first came out, I have but not. I haven't <laughs> since. Yeah. So we're going to read Alias Volume 1, cool. which is the first nine issues of that series. It was actually a groundbreaking series at the time, and we'll talk about that in the podcast. Cool. Yeah. And then our reader poll comes from Courtney from the Double X Files podcast. She suggests we, uh, we read Wild's End. By Abnett and Culbert, um, an interesting story of some anthropomorphic animals in sort of a, a Victorian setting, and the, there may or may not be aliens. I'm not sure, but we'll find out. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, I uh, it's been an awesome month. Um, yeah. First, second, doing awesome stuff as always. Keep and, it up, another ten yeah. years, please. Yeah, and uh, and and take this opportunity to say thank you to them because they uh, they were really supportive. When we went to them with the idea, we were, oh, we're going to read Delilah Dirk and, and The Fall of the House of West. Um, do you have anything else? that you Do you have a suggestion for something that we could read? And they were awesome about it and, mm-hmm. and, and jumped on right away. So uh, thank you to First Second for that. Um, and thank you for just putting out awesome books. Yep. Because I, 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 they are my favorite publisher right now. I haven't read a First Second book that I haven't liked. Oh, good. So far. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And if you listen to our best of episode, when yeah. we recap the best of the books that we've liked in the past year, first second is going to be in there. You'll see my top pick is a first second book. Okay. Which one will it be? You'll find out if you listen to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, uh, we will see you guys on the next episode. Yeah. Keep reading comics. For more Pullbox Podcast episodes, you can check out pullboxpodcast.com to submit a reader poll. Uh, you can email thepullboxpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at Twitter and on Instagram at pullboxpodcast. And you can follow me, Curtis, on Instagram at Curtis Bidley. 
And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. You can can also find all of our other great podcasts over at Thunderquack.com. And uh, uh, that's the home of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, of which we are proudly a part. And uh, and if you want to help support all of our podcasts at Thunderquack, you can do that by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and uh and and you can you can pledge your support over there every dollar helps but uh if you're a pull box fan and supporter then you'd definitely be interested in the 20 dollar level which allows you to get all three episodes of the pull box podcast all three of our books as one super long episode uh right at the beginning of the month as opposed to having to wait for the individual episodes to be released so you can find all that at patreon.com slash thunderquack and all of our other podcasts at thunderquack.com. <laughs>